This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael with you. And Michael, I just bumped into Tim outside. No he way. was running out of here like like his pants were on fire. Is that why he's late? I've been waiting for him well, for like 10 I, minutes. Well, I didn't know he was back already, and he had a suitcase with him. He was running out of here. Where was he going? Okay, so I have his itinerary. I did not know he was actually back in the States. This is the problem. And I've been sitting here waiting for him. He's supposed to be on a on a jet to India, but... Um, so he, he's very good friends with a private jet company and you know, those jets that can travel at like almost the speed of light, like Mach seven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the jet gets him from, uh, O'Hare international airport all the way to Mumbai, India. And I think it's like two and a half hours. It's insanity how fast this thing goes. And, uh, so he, he is a part of some, um, summit in Bombay or Mumbai. I mean, and Bombay, what am I talking about in Mumbai? And, uh, and then, um, he is affiliated with mother Teresa's organization. And so he will go and, uh, he'll be a part of feeding and taking care of homeless children. And, uh, he's making a special donation on behalf of the Royal Prince of Saudi Arabia to build a massive complex for children in Mumbai, India and mother Teresa's wow. hometown. It's amazing. Uh, not hometown, but where she spent her ministry. Well, that would explain um, things. Cause he said something to me at, if it was in some different language. I I don't know what he was speaking, but he was on his way out. He looked really tanned. That's all I could. That's all I noticed. When you're at the top of a mountain, (laughs) you know, like, gosh, in a toga. And it's like, why is that part of you tan? But the other part is not. That's really, that's really strange. Wow. Uh, So anyways, yeah, he actually speaks seven languages fluently in another five. He's conversational. It's, it's a. um, his IQ is like two or three points below the highest you can get or something like that. Wow. People don't know that about him, but it's it's pretty impressive. So anyways, um, that's Pastor Tim's adventures for today. And I oh. do believe he's going to be back with us tomorrow. And uh, But today, Pastor Craig, you've got a doozy, as Tim likes to say. FYI, moms and dads, before we get into this this uh, conversation, we'll have some adult content. So if you got kiddos around, press pause and wait till they're gone. Is surrogacy okay so let me just make a distinction so our audience can know this there's two major kinds of surrogacy one is called traditional surrogacy and this is where a woman is impregnated with the sperm of a man Um, often one whose wife is incapable of we'll say having children or producing eggs and uh, usually now by the means of artificial insemination back in the day this would be a man would have sex with another woman who's not his wife um, like Abraham and Hagar and she would conceive for him Um, and so that would be one option of resolving infertility it's called traditional surrogacy now I'm not even going to talk about it yet. So number two is called gestational surrogacy. And this happens when um, an already conceived embryo um, is transplanted into another woman's body. And so my wife and I, we um, have an embryo, we take that, and then it's implanted into someone else who can bear or carry the child for the nine and a half months of gestation. So that being said, um, there's traditional surrogacy and gestational surrogacy. In the traditional surrogacy, um, the child is going to have the DNA of the father and the DNA of the surrogate. And so the surrogate will be raising her own child, um, genetically speaking. 
And the, the challenge with traditional surrogacy is that it is deeply emotional. You are literally raising your own child with your own DNA and then giving it to another woman to raise. With gestational surrogacy, you're raising somebody else's child and your womb is a temporary, we'll say, holding to allow that baby to grow and to develop. And then you give them um, back to the genetic mom and, and dad. So now here's my question for you. Um, I think I could, I could conclude your thoughts on traditional surrogacy. It's probably never okay for a man to impregnate another woman that's not his wife and then to take the baby from that woman and give it to his wife. Well, if you take the example of Abraham and, and uh, Hagar yeah. uh, only, uh, it does create some long-term issues. <laughs> yeah, like <clears throat> what would some of those be? Well, well, in that case, jealousy. Yeah, yeah, in that case, Sarah, Sarah turns on Hagar, um, and it was Sarah's idea. Yeah, uh, because she was older and she thought she didn't have a chance and didn't rely on the Lord, as we now know, looking back on things. Yeah, um, and so they took their they took the process into their own hands. Yep, or yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so. They, they end up actually conceiving. Yep. Uh, Hagar has a child named Ishmael, and that begins a whole line mm. of of uh, people that have constantly through the years fought with uh, the descendants of Isaac. So the descendants yep. of Isaac that came from Sarah and Abraham, and the descendants of of Hagar uh, from Abraham and and Hagar, Ishmael. Those uh, those factions have constantly uh, fought with one another throughout all of human history. To the present day, when to you the have the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, this ultimately comes down to the to the descendants of Isaac and Ishmael. That's where it so. came from. Yeah. So so it it has never uh, had a good uh, outcome. And if your husband or your wife uh, has sex with somebody that is not you, um, that is not going it's to not have gonna a good go outcome. well. It may sound good in the guy's brain <laughs> yeah. until he has to deal with the fallout. It, like it, it never, I would. Uh, there's no example of where that turns out good. Yep. And and I love the way that the Old Testament tells you whether or not something is good or bad because in Old Testament narrative, as Americans, we wanted to say this was a bad decision. Hmm. Well, it the the narrative tells you it's a bad decision by telling you the consequences. So mm -hmm. when Abraham was told, "Hey, leave all your family and go to a land that I'm going to show you," and then it says, "And he took Lot." Well, you know it's bad because every single thing that happens with Lot is bad, mm -hmm. right? And the, the the author is trying to tell you by the way the story plays itself out, this was not a good decision. And it's the same with um, Abraham and Hagar. Nothing goes well for him. It's yeah. very aggravating. Now, let's talk about gestational surrogacy. So your wife and you, um, your sperm, her egg implanted into another woman. Is this unbiblical? Is this harmful? Um, what, yeah, where would you land on this? So uh, I've actually been involved with these uh, kind of situations before, mm -hmm. and um, in this case, uh, the situation is different because you have uh, a husband and wife who want to have a child, but they're unable to uh, because the wife is not able to carry the baby. So they, um, they combine the egg and the sperm and simply use the other person as a carrier. Um, in that case, uh, you're right when you said earlier that there's a a maternal instinct that that surrogate will have for the child that yep. she carries. Uh, and so there are, there are uh, innate difficulties that you're going to have to deal with. Um, but if you can, uh, if this is your option, I think it's a, it's a 
it's a fine option to consider, but not before making sure that there's some definite lines drawn yep. b- so that everybody knows their role that they're going to play. Yep. And they agree, even even in legal terms, as to what that role is going to turn out to be. Because that maternal instinct of the woman who carries the baby, that is a God-given instinct that that woman is going to have to voluntarily yep. give up in order to give the child back to the the parents. Yeah. I mean, legally it's a mess, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bigger question for me is, okay, we can work out the legal stuff. Do I trust this person? Mm-hmm. Um, will this ruin our relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, those are hard questions mm-hmm. to really answer. Um, if you don't know the person, how can you really trust they're going to protect the baby? If you do know the person, are you willing to subject your friendship or your relationship to that kind of testing? And, um, I, yeah, and, and that's where it is so individualized. I think by and large for most people, it's not going to go great, but there are some circumstances where I think this could go great. I know circumstances where there's family members Mm -hmm. where a sister carries the baby of a sister and her husband. And in those cases, I think it, it almost is a beautiful opportunity for there to be a larger family unit created, Mm -hmm. but you're right. You you have to be so careful of those lines that you draw so that everybody knows their role that they're going to play. And they agree to that. Yep. Uh, because it's going to fight against your maternal. It's going to fight against your God-given instincts. And there's a different set of instincts and hormones that go through your body when you, let's say, you're raising your brother or sister's children, mm-hmm. um, and they are one and two years old, and they're in your home. And and when you have to give those children back for whatever reason, it's going to be a gut-wrenching circumstance. Yeah, this is sure. what foster parenting is like. You can oftentimes get them for a year or two or three, and then you have to give them in the ideal world back to the actual biological parents. And there is a gut-wrenching nature with this, but we, but that's part of what you accept when you come alongside and help somebody. Is that anytime you come alongside of somebody, whether it's in surrogacy or it is in foster care or it's in temporary care, maybe there was an accident with the mom and the dad, maybe one of the parents is going through extreme chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and uh, you might have someone else's kids in your family for a year or two. Emotional connections are enormously strong, mm-hmm. and this is part of what it means to care for other people. It does not matter. Yeah, God has wired us when we take children into our lives, whether it's in the womb or in our home, we have emotional connections to them, and we are committed to them, and it's hard when they have to leave. It's a good connection. It's, a, it's a God good, connection. It's a God connection. God made it that way. Mm. And so I think there has to be a lot of wise counsel, a lot of calculation, mm-hmm. a lot of legal counsel, a lot of trust, a lot of relationship. And um, But if it can be done well to the glory of God, mm-hmm. um, I think this is something that could produce life, build unique connections and relationships, and uh, could be a very cool thing. Now, I want to be clear, the traditional surrogacy – I can't think of any circumstance where that's going to be a good thing. I can't think of any because yeah. it destroys the intimacy and the sanctity of the marriage bed. So there's one last point here Ed, that I think is worth making is that children are a gift, not a right. And um, there are multiple opportunities that science gives us to try and have children. And um, at some point we have to realize that um, God does not promise everyone children, although God has wired us with a propensity to have children. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of the fall, there's this tension between how we're wired and what God allows. And, um, and and so I think biblically we have to understand this, that children are a heritage quote from the Lord. 
um, the fruit of the womb is, quote, a reward, not a guarantee. And um, that, that's just a hard thing, I think, for some of us to come to grips with. If you've been, um, if God has called you to singleness, by and large, for most people, that means that you're never going to have right. a child. And um, and so this is just, it is a hard question. It's an emotional question. Sure. It's a hormonal question. It's a relational question. It's a spiritual question. It's a legal question. And uh, I would not for a moment try to speak into someone's direct circumstance in this podcast. This is more about a framework of how to think. Uh, if anybody ever says, Pastor Michael, Pastor Craig said, I should be a surrogate. I did not tell you that. I agree. <laughs> I told you to use a lot of caution mm-hmm. and that there are parameters that this could be God glorifying. And there are in. potential risks uh, to you emotionally, uh, as we've already said. Yep. I, I think we've covered that well. But I do want to cover one one more thing mm-hmm. for those folks that weren't able to have children or aren't able to have children. Um, that is an emotional thing, too. And it is, it is, like you said, God wired us to have children. If something in the process of this fallen world has hindered that from happening, um, true, A, it is a part of God's will, but B, um, there are other ways that God intends for us to participate in mm. kingdom work yep. that may not include us having children of our own. And uh, I have to tell you, there are some people in my life, Beth in my life, that have blessed us so incredibly because they have been surrogate parents to my children. Mm. Um, even something is clarify uh, surrogate. Yeah. So even <laughs> in the context of this discussion, in quotes, I mean, yeah, surrogate in quotes, in quotes. Yeah. So they've been like parents. Uh, to oh my goodness! Kid. Yes. Yeah. Like even after church, something as simple as I get caught talking to somebody and Beth gets caught talking to somebody. My kids, you know, they're just sitting around waiting for mom and dad again. Yeah. I have people that will surround them and love on them and ask them how their week has gone and even take them out for uh, for lunch to get something to eat. We'll catch cool. up with them later just because they consider my kids, even though they may not have kids of their own, they consider my kids to be a part of their own family. That's cool. And they, they have treated my children as if they came from their own womb. Yep. And those folks, I've had them all through my ministry, mm. and I don't think my kids would be who they are without mm. those people in my kids' lives. Awesome. So I would say that um, even even though they, they didn't carry my, my children, they carry them through life. Yep. And because of that, I think God has major rewards for those fo- those kinds of folks. Yep. Um, they don't spend their lives mourning over the fact they can't have their own kids. They just bless other people's kids, yep. and they, they adopt them almost as their own. Yep. And that speaks volumes about the heart God has given to those folks as well. I think what that speaks to also is the outcome of dealing with God's calling in your life. If God asks you not to have kids— mm. That's a, that's a process you have to wrestle through, Sure, but it's a process you can come out on the other end, content, thankful, and intentional. Absolutely. And um, I think what you're seeing in those people is that it's obviously never easy. I've never met a single person who is like, yay, I'm never going to have kids. And I'm so glad I'm not married. There's, there's always inevitably a, a loss and a grief that you have to go through, but it doesn't mean you're stuck in that grief forever because truly um, the Holy Spirit brings us to a place of thanksgiving, gratitude, and intentionality, mm-hmm. um, even through the difficulties. So, Craig, man, so appreciate you being with us. It's been a blast having you. And uh, can't wait to hear back from Pastor Tim when he gets back into the States. That's, um, I'm, I'm going to ask him if he puked in the plane. It's so fast. Supersonic. It's wow. so fast. It's amazing. So hopefully he's having a great time doing whatever he he's doing today. And, and so Pastor Tim will be back with us tomorrow, I believe, and uh, assuming everything goes well. On his flight and uh, again craig thanks for joining us and awesome. um tomorrow the question is from a high school student and their question is this how hard is it to preach the book 
of Revelation. Should be fun. We'll see you tomorrow.